When I left radio, I started to create a thesis uh, for each show. Uh, because in podcasting, you can kind of uh, go deeper than you can in radio formats. And that's not to criticize radio. Man, I am loving being back. Uh, the national show is premiering this weekend. Love it. It's just a different medium. And the, the thesis for this show is a one-liner. The elites are terrified of freedom. So how did I get there? Well, I noticed as I researched the Pelosi event, I noticed a couple different people writing about a guy named Elvis Chan. Elvis Chan. Who is he? He's an FBI agent, a special agent. And he has a unique role. And that role is related to the elites being utterly terrified. And it's global. And it's come about at the same time. Someone went out and scared, well, I was going to say the devil out of these people, but I mean, come on, scared the devil into them. And I, I'm, I'm finding my mind go back to a conversation I had uh, in a private office with the United States congressman from from Texas. And this was in 2009. And I'd been granted a, a, a private sit down with him if I would agree to look at his social media presence. And this was when this was all very new and people didn't know how to do it. And so even the elementary things were helpful. And I sat with him and he had a good presence. And then he said, what can I do for you, Todd? And I asked him, how bad is it? Honestly, how bad are things here? And he said, uh, young man, would you reach up behind you there on the wall and pull down uh, that, that clipboard of uh, that list? That's, that's, that's bills that didn't make it on the, on the floor this year. And I read it and was stunned. I said, well, thank the Lord this didn't make it to the floor. He goes, oh, they'll be back for it. And he said, if the American people actually knew what was going on in Washington, D.C., uh, they would be here with pitchforks and, and torches. And I got to say, I wouldn't blame them. I wish I had permission to tell you his name. Oh, the bill? Yeah, we'll talk about that. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And the Lord gives us these days as gifts, opportunity for us to rejoice and be glad in them. And we're to rejoice and give praise even during times such as these. Yeah, so I sat down in this congressman's office and I reached up and I pulled down the clipboard. And... 
uh, I read a bill called the Fair Housing Occupancy Act. The Fair Housing Occupancy Act. And here's what it did. This was after they had crashed the housing markets and they crashed it. Now, whether they meant to crash it or not, doesn't matter. They crashed it. And, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste, right? So the bill would have allowed community organizing groups. Now, remember, this is back in Barack Obama's heyday. It would have allowed community organizing groups like ACORN, which we were supposed to pretend didn't exist and doesn't still exist under different names, to go to bankruptcy courts and make a petition to occupy homes where the people had been forced to move out because the house had been foreclosed upon. So they could go to a bankruptcy judge and and a bankruptcy judge could say, sure, you get to stay there. Now, there's some details to that. And there's a common thread. And there's this congressman saying, if the people actually knew what was going on back here, they would come with pitchforks, pitchforks and torches. So I think people are getting a better handle on what's going on in D.C. than we give ourselves credits for knowing. And I think that is at the core of the fear of the elites. And it will lead us into discussion of one Elvis Chan. I don't know how you maintain your head uh, when you've had the success against all, all attempts against a mountain of challenges um, that you do like Mike Lindell has had. You know, his name, he is um, known throughout the world and often case, you know, oftentimes he is despised by people who've never met him and don't know what he's about, have no idea what his company does. They just don't like his opinion. They've been told that he's a dangerous, dangerous man. I don't know how you keep your head other than faith. And that's what Mike Lindell, I don't mean to speak for him. He speaks very well for himself, but he's told me it's faith. It's faith in God. And I think it's also because he found this calling. I think God said to him, man, you gave your families a bunch of sleepless nights, your family, Mike, when you were misbehaving and, and, dis- and abusing the temple body, the temple. You gave, you gave your family sleepless nights. So I want you to dedicate your life to helping people sleep. Well, I'll tell you something. Sleeping on the MyPillow sheets is a huge change for me. Um, I don't think smooth begins to describe them. I don't think soft begins to describe them. And then there's also the peace of mind of knowing that I've backed a play of a brother who is still somehow keeping his head as they continue to come for him. And I do believe that when the Lord gives you a mission and you accept it and you carry it out and no matter what, I think the Lord rewards that. And Mike Lindell has carried this out no matter what. The sheets on which I sleep, um, you can get for as low, you get as, as low as twenty nine ninety eight. Okay, that's because the new partnership with the show with MyPillow and Mike Lindell. So here's how you do it. It's super simple. Go to MyPillow.com slash Herman. Use the promo code Herman for special deep discounts on all MyPillow products, all of them. They're all quality. They're all 100% made right here in the United States. That's MyPillow.com slash Herman. Use promo code Herman, H-E-R-M-A-N. 
Uh, for quality bed sheets as low as $29.98, again, my page is mypillow.com slash Herman. Use the promo code Herman. And as you do this, and you're helping a man, I think, fulfill his mission, and it's a fair trade because you'll sleep better on great sheets like this. You combine that with the pillows. Oh, I haven't mentioned this. They sent me slippers. Oh, I didn't tell you about the slippers. I'm wearing them right now. Oh, I shouldn't have mentioned that. That that destroys the illusion that I'm having my cowboy boots on when I'm doing the show. Well, not today. Not even my motorcycle boots. I'm actually wearing my pillow slippers. So in the congressman's office, he described this bill, and it would have allowed the community organizing groups to seize houses using a bankruptcy judge. Now, here's the funny part about this is once the people got to go live in a house on which there'd been a foreclosure, they got to stay there uh, until the owners of the house got a petition from a judge to get them to leave. They didn't have to make payments. They didn't have to pay a dime of rent. And the owners of the house, the banks that own the house, they had to continue to pay for the utilities. And the reasoning on the uh, the bill was, well, they did keep the power on anyway so that the house doesn't become decrepit. They had to perform upkeep. <laughs> you had to treat these people as renters, even though they weren't paying you a stinking dime to pay in your, to, to live in your home. That's, that could never happen. Ha. Oh. It happened. Under cover of COVID, people got free rent for two years. Regular people lost their investment homes. Sometimes that was their nest egg. I have friends for whom their investment homes were their nest egg. It happened. And it's happening. In the separate country of Seattle, and they do this in the separate country of California, the government is taking taxpayer money and they are buying hotels and they're turning them then into drug dens. They're letting people who are under the boot of heroin and meth and fentanyl live there for free. They don't, uh, they don't expect them to change. They don't expect them to stop doing drugs. It happened. And the congressman had said to me, oh, they'll be back. They came back. They went at it a different way. Barack Obama started something called Fishy. Do you remember this? Back in the day, Barack Obama's team, when they had pushed or attempted to shove Obamacare down our throats and ultimately succeeded, after the mountain of lies of, if you like your plan, you could keep it. And Obama knew that was a lie. And Jonathan Gruber, who invented the Obamacare system, knew it was a lie. He, he, laughed, he laughed that people were stupid enough to believe it. Some of us didn't. That's one of the reasons we hated it. Obama started a spy campaign on social media. If you see someone saying something fishy about Obamacare, turn them in. Notify the White House. It was a test run. It was a test run. They came back. 
And what they came back with was much bigger and much broader, and it brings us to Nancy Pelosi. And specifically, Frank Pelosi. Now, incidentally, I don't do a lot of speaking the names of psychotic people who go out and do psychotic things because sometimes that's exactly what those people want. So I will call him the suspect. I still don't buy the official story. Sorry. I was reading the Gateway Pundit seeing they had pictures of security outside the house. People standing, people in cars, all of the cameras. I don't buy that that guy skirted all that. Call me crazy. But in the midst of this story, we get this from from Julie Kelly, who made note of an intercept story. Intercept bombshell yesterday again identified Elvis Chan, FBI agent in the San Francisco office, as one of the two FBI officials who met with Facebook before the 2020 election to warn about foreign disinformation related to the election, i.e. the Hunter Biden laptop story. Wait a minute. I thought we were talking about Frank Pelosi. Oh, yeah. We're talking about the San Francisco field office. The one that's telling us that this was a kidnapping attempt. One guy... With uh, they're telling us zip ties. I don't. I don't believe a, th- a word of this until I see the videos. With zip ties was going to kidnap Nancy Pelosi, but she wasn't home. And of course, I don't want to go through the litany of things. And he let Frank Pelosi have a bathroom break. And there was a wellness check at two thirty in the morning. A wellness check. Now, Elvis Chan is part of the San Francisco field office, and this is why this matters. This is Julie Kelly, and we'll get back to the intercept piece. Defend, and she's quoting the federal lawsuit um, about censorship and about the FBI using censorship to shut down the speech of Americans using social media. Again, it ties right back to the elites being terrified. Defendant Elvis M. Chan is a supervisory special agent of the squad in San Francisco's division of the FBI. This is Eric Schmidt, the AG who has sued and is successfully pursuing this lawsuit against social media for acting as censors on behalf of the government. Back to his, his, his statement. On information and belief, he has authority over cybersecurity issues for the FBI in the geographical region, which includes the headquarters of major social media platforms. He plays a critical role for the FBI in coordinating with social media platforms relating to censorship and suppression of speech on their platforms. Meta, which is Facebook's parent company, has identified Chan as involved in the communication between the FBI and Meta that led to Facebook's suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story. Oh, Chan, for his part, publicly brags about his influence in Silicon Valley, boasting how he has been very involved in protecting, in in helping to protect the U.S. elections in 2020 by communicating on a weekly basis with big tech titans. That's where the FBI and the U.S. government can actually help companies, Chan said during a 2022 podcast interview. Okay, so the guy who used the power of the Federal Bureau of Investigation to snuff out and limit the distribution of a true story about Hunter Biden 
by censoring the nation's oldest newspaper, no, probably second oldest newspaper, started by Alexander Hamilton, the New York Post, is at the center of the office investigating Nancy Pelosi's allegations, Frank Pelosi's allegations. See, the elites are terrified. How do we know this? Because the same people keep coming up. Because the same techniques keep coming up. I consider it impossible to believe that the dictator of Michigan was ever at risk from these men who were are surrounded by FBI informants, many of whom tried to end the escapade into supposedly trying to kidnap the dictator of Michigan. But the FBI agents kept roping them back in, including having a female FBI agent sleep in a hotel bed with one of the defendants who had never really had a girlfriend. And for the first time in his life, he thought, oh, my goodness, I have a girlfriend. And we still don't know whether she sexually serviced him or not. We're we're told no, but that's what we're told. FBI agents do give themselves the right to break the law when they're trying to get other people to break the law. Why would they want to do that? Because they desperately do not want us to get further into understanding what they are really doing. And in the case of this congressman, he was talking about the rating of the treasury. He was saying, Todd, you got to understand something. The Democrats are working with the big banks to raid this nation's treasury. If if American people understood this, that's what would drive them with pitchforks and 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 torches to come here if they understood that this is flat theft. Well, that continues. Oh, and it got worse under COVID. But back to Elvis Chan. The Intercept unveils something else here about the guy who's at the center of the Nancy Pelosi investigation. Elvis Chan. Quoting the article Truth Cops, Leaked documents outline DHS's plan to police disinformation. I'm so tired of that phrase. Quote, there is also a formalized process for government officials to directly flag content on Facebook or Instagram and request that it be throttled or suppressed through a special Facebook portal that requires a government or law enforcement email to use. At the time of this writing, the content request system at facebook.com slash x takedowns slash login is still live. DHS and Meta, the parent company of Facebook, did not respond to a request for comment. The FBI declined to comment. According to records filed in federal court, two previously unnamed agents, Elvis Chan, an FBI special agent in San Francisco's field office, and Agent Demlon, Demlo, pardon me, the section chief of the FBI's Foreign Foreign Intelligence Task Force were involved in high-level communications that allegedly led to Facebook's suppression of the post writing. The Hunter Biden story was only the most high-profile example of law enforcement agencies pressuring technology firms. In many cases, the Facebook and Twitter accounts flagged by DHS or its partners as dangerous forms of disinformation or potential foreign influence were clearly parody accounts with virtually no followers or influence. Who shuts down parody accounts? Well, dictators, because they do not like being the victims of satire, or portrayed rather in satire, they're not victims. 
or people who are terrified of the people. Bosses and governments who are terrified of us. Why are they so afraid? And incidentally, when Elvis Chan will help suppress the truth about a living, breathing, walking national security nightmare named Hunter Biden, you think the FBI wouldn't massage the facts to make this bizarre, unbelievable circumstance? In, well, I mean, it's believable in San Francisco. I'm sure people suffer home break-ins all the time. When you have enough people who are in drug-induced psychoses living on your streets for free, you're going to have that. But at, at, at the Speaker of the House's home? Mm, still not there. Still won't believe it till I see the video. And why would I, given the person who is at the center of this and his involvement with these other schemes? Long-time listeners of the radio show <clears throat> will recognize this time of year. It's when I get these insane allergies and my temperature goes up. I have to sleep like every two hours. I went to the gym this morning and I mean, I had a vigorous workout and, and I don't remember it and I was sleeping through it. So you'll forgive me if I'm a little bit behind uh, what I normally am. And so why on earth would I go to the gym? When I was feeling these, um, these, these allergies. See, there it is, the brain fog. Uh, well, number one, it's better in the mornings after eight hours of sleep. But number two, um, this is a thing that I found is mental health central for me. Getting in and sweating and doing something that I love. Even when I'm a little bit limited. What with recovering from shoulder surgery and recovering from my silly decision to, to go hiking with a heavy bag and to do a, what amounts to a huge high angle lunge. Even when I can't do it the way I want to do it. Even when I'm no longer going to be, you know, the, even, even in the top 10 of my age, I still enjoy going and sweating and getting that done. So I don't skip it. Now, that's all made possible because uh, I no longer carry 150 pounds of unwanted fat on my body. Now, so what are the things that you would do? Now, please think about this. What would you do if you didn't have the 150 pounds or 100 pounds or 60 pounds of unwanted fat in your body? What is it that you would do if you woke up and it was gone? Maybe it's the gym for you. Maybe it's dancing. Or skiing. Maybe it's simply buying clothes you actually like. Maybe it's going outside in the sunshine and not sweating. I can remember when you have 150 pounds of extra fat in your body, it's always hot in the sun. There is a way to get this gone. And the very best, in my, my estimation, it's SOTAweightloss.com. S-O-T-A, weightloss.com. That stands for state of the art. So how can they make such a claim that they're state of the art? Well... Because they have done this from one location in Dallas, then seven, then nationwide. Their Google reviews are over 7,000. The average review is 4.8 out of five possible stars. They've grown via word of mouth like this. Their system is so tight that they can tell you how long it should take you to lose, to drop unwanted fat from your body, which of course equates to how much money you will invest. SotaWeightLoss.com, S-O-T-A, weightloss.com. 
who goes out and bans uh, and suppresses a Twitter account with 56 followers? The FBI. A satire account with 56 followers. The FBI. Why? Oh, I mean, not the FBI, of course. It was just private companies being private companies. Never mind the fact that they have a backdoor login. They, they could, uh, Facebook's like, well, why do we have our employees do it? Let's just give the federal government the, the, the keys to censoring Facebook. And incidentally, in the article, it says that many of the accounts that got censored were then just permanently, permanently muted. So you just lost all, all ability to distribute your, uh, your, your stuff. I know that happened to me. I know I am shadow banned. I watched it happen. And it's at the center of this that we have now this ask that we are to believe Nancy Pelosi's end of the story. Do you remember when Mark Zuckerberg sat down with Joe Rogan? Our protocol is different from Twitter's. What Twitter did is they said, you can't share this at all. Um, We didn't do that. What we do is we have, um, if something is reported to us as potentially... Um, misinformation, important misinformation. We we also have this third-party fact-checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. And for the, I think it was... You will notice that he doesn't do more interviews like that. Zuckerberg. Want to know why? You know why. You heard a man having to stop to breathe. To swallow. To rethink a statement. Oh, we oh, we went with uh, th- third-party ch- uh, fact-checking groups. We don't want to on his feet thinking through this in a one like over an hour interview with Rogan. Now, yeah, I've got the full clip of that, a couple minutes long, and it talks about the FBI coming to them. Do you think that Zuckerberg didn't know that his company had given the backdoor to backdoor access to the FBI to to uh, flag things, have them taken down, have the reach diminished? Can you imagine this being done in traditional radio? Uh, Yeah, traditional media. Can you imagine the FBI getting the keys to transmitters at radio stations and turning the power down when a host started to say something they didn't like? They are simply coming back with the fairness doctrine in a different way. The fairness doctrine was a way to make talk radio functionally illegal. Two men... Got rid of that. It's the craziest thing. Jimmy Carter started the process. One of the few good things the man did as a president. And the guy who finished it off was none other than Rush Hudson Limbaugh III. God rest him. Finished that off for good with the power of what he built. That couldn't have happened under the fairness doctrine. They came back. Who does this? People who are frightfully afraid. Who defends it? Well, there's a very famous discussion that occurred between this guy who's a blue check darling. He's an you know, academic sort, an important thinker sort, and podcaster sort, and entertainer sort, and East Coast guy sort. And you might remember this conversation with Sam Harris. He sat down with some podcasters, and forgive me for not remembering the name of the podcast. That, that's really awful of me, but I don't. And you remember this clip we talked about uh, the Biden story. That's not, that doesn't answer the people who say it's still completely unfair to not have 
looked at the laptop in a timely way and to have shut down the, you know, the New York Post's Twitter account like that. That's a, just a conspiracy. That's a left wing conspiracy to deny the presidency to Donald Trump. Absolutely. It was absolutely right. But I think it was warranted. Right. And I'm and again, it's a coin toss as to whether or not Sam, I'm sorry, that particular piece. I'm, I'm really yeah. sorry. I, I was the one that said we should move yeah, yeah. on. But you've just oh, said yeah. something I really struggle with, that, which is. Yeah. So which is what he finishes saying. You're saying it's OK to have a secret conspiracy to hide things from the American people. Hey, if you're hiding something in your marriage, are you afraid of your spouse finding it out? If you're hiding something from your boss, is it because you're afraid of your boss finding it out? The answer is yes. You know, if you get pulled over by a police officer and you know you were driving and texting, are you going to be the person that tosses the, the phone into the back seat? Phone? I've never seen a phone. Why would you do that? Because you're afraid. When it's done on a global basis, the question we have to ask is, why are they so afraid? Because they're losing control. Because God has left them to their devices. Oh, you can do it without me? Sweet. Give me some time off. You can do it without me. Cool. Go try it. (laughs) They're losing control. They can't contain their appetites. Sam Harris continued. Well, no, I'm content. Well, so it's, but the thing is, it's just not left wing, right? So Liz Cheney is not left wing, right? Liz Cheney is doing everything in her power. To prevent somebody being democratic. No, but there's nothing, conspiracy, it's not, it it was a conspiracy out in the open. It does, but it doesn't matter if it was, it doesn't matter what part's conspiracy, what part's out in the open. I mean, I think it's like, if people get together and talk and talk about what should we do about this phenomenon, you know, if, if it's like, if there, if there was an asteroid hurtling toward Earth and, and we got in a room together with all of our friends and had a conversation about what we could do to deflect its course, right? Is that a conspiracy? He's comparing Donald Trump to an asteroid coming to smash the Earth to smithereens. Who is so afraid of one man? In a tricameral governmental system, with checks and balances after checks and balances. The Supreme Court was terrified of, of President Trump, so they very rarely ruled on his behalf. And sometimes it had nothing to do with the constitutionality of things. Often it didn't. Federal court judges, he angered the federal court judges when he said, this judge can't be fair to me. And they construed it to be, it was a racism thing. Who is this terrified Bosses who are losing control. There's this phenomena going on in, in radio and perhaps other workplaces where there's been people happily working from home, being very productive working from home. And in fact, have been in more productive working from home. I have friends in radio whose ratings have shot through the roof after they, as they've worked at home. And the producer works from their home and they never go into the office. And there's this dynamic where radio station bosses are saying, you got to come back in. Why? It's, it's team unity. Wait a minute. We're not on the same team. Our shows compete. Uh, it's building unity. Wait a minute. No one here likes each other. 
There's two camps here, and one camp wants to call everybody a white supremacist racist. Yes, that's happening in radio. So why? Because we're losing control. We don't see your face. We have to have something to manage. But the revenues are up. The ratings are up. It's because I'm happier. I don't have to spend two hours in traffic. doesn't matter. And in this case, it's far more serious than a work-from-home scenario, and it's far more global. And this ties into a request for amnesty. A woman who is a professor who was a big, big lockdown where you're mask enthusiast, she's asked for an amnesty uh, over how, what she says is how, how we treated one another, what we did during the, uh, the height of the Great Reset being installed under cover of COVID. Yes, it ties into that. She's terrified. She's terrified. Um, there is a lot you can do with your money, and a lot of it is fear-based. And I've done this. I've totally done this. Uh, I went through a phase where, you know what? I don't care. I, I, I'm putting it in the money market. I'm going to put it in a device that's, yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm going to have very little, uh, you know, very little uh, interest and, and equity on this. And But look, I'll, I'll buy land. I'll, I'll have, you know, equity in, in startup companies and I'll, I'll do that. And But man, I just, my money, I just got to have some place where I just know it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, well, except <laughs> in this high-risk environment, when we're talking about central bank digital coins, digital currency coming about, which already exists. Remember this, your credit card is digital currency. So what the government means is digital currency owned by the government. Not your property, theirs. And theirs to control what you do with. Well, there goes my money market idea. What about the lands? Well, as you know, and you might remember this, Last year, the officials in Canada announced there's actually no private property rights. No, they said it. I can play it for you. They said it. There's actually, no one in Canada actually has a right to private property. The, the, one of the linchpins of a free society is private property and owning it. So, well, I mean, there's other safe instruments, like savings accounts, well, but we go right back to the same issue. High risk. When I met Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management and he spoke about this, he said, I get it. That's why we are hedged upon hedged upon hedged upon hedge. That's why we've got a little bit in Bitcoin and a little bit in land and and a little bit in petroleum and we've got a little bit in tech and we've got a little bit. And that's why they're constantly watching this stuff on our behalf because here's the really interesting little secret. When you go to something like Fidelity and they say, hey, just buy and hold. Fidelity doesn't buy and hold. They tell you to buy and hold then they take your money and they invest it a gazillion different ways in a different timings. Well, that's what Zach Abraham does for us. And so here's my question for you. Is your portfolio prepared for the chaos economy? Is it? How do you know? You can know. Call Bulwark Capital Management at 866-779-RISK. Oh, and incidentally, the closer you are to retirement, the more risk you have. Oh, by the way, also, if you're 58 or above and still working, you can transfer your 401k to Bulwark. It's not a taxable event. 
They'll just take over control. 866-779-RISK or knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management's an investment advisor representative. Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. Do you remember this event that occurred in Canada? Sorry, since you're at my home, can I just get your name and your badge yeah. number, please? I have a card here. Okay. It's Erica Ingram. Thank okay. you. And this is just some information about peaceful protests. That's all it is. Okay. So you saw something on my Facebook? No, on the Facebook <clears throat> group. Okay. And decided to come to my personal residence to give me information about peaceful protest? Yes. Okay. So are the Peterborough police, no, you're with OPP? Um, are you guys now monitoring people's Facebook pages or Facebook groups to who comments as to what their um, uh, status updates are or what they're doing or okay, so within the group? Like, because of the protest happening province-wide, yes, we have been monitoring the protest. That's a smiling police officer at the door of a woman saying, yeah, we're just letting you know we're watching your posts. And you know how that degraded itself into, yeah, we're just freezing your bank account. That's all. That's it. We're just freezing your bank account. We're just forcing you to get injected. So Frank Pelosi and all of this. Well, what are we being told? Do you believe it? And who's the source that's now telling us? It's no longer just the local cops. Now it's the FBI. Do you believe them? Have they shown themselves to be trustworthy or have they shown themselves to be terrified elites? Professor, Le- Professor Emily Oster once wrote, shaming people who haven't gotten vaccinated is not likely to work at this point or ever. What will? Family pressure, maybe vaccine requirements for things you want to do like domestic air, train travel, work, sports and events. And now she wants an amnesty. For, quote, what we did during COVID. Oh, incidentally, the boss lady of the teachers union, Randy Weingarten, tweeted, I agree with Professor Emily Oster on this. The amnesty. Let's declare a pandemic amnesty. We need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about COVID by Professor Emily Oster. Wait, what we did? We Most of the people listening to this podcast did nothing to anybody. We said, hey, if you want to wear a a woke mask, enjoy. We're not gonna. If you want to stay home and stay safe for six, six months and lock yourself inside your house and make yourself sick mentally and physically, be our guest. We're not gonna do that. We, they're terrified. They're losing control. God has said to them, oh, so you don't need me. Well, this is, by the way, my supposition. I should make that clear. Throughout the Bible, we're told that the Lord turns people over to their own devices, to their own fleshly desires, to their own perverted needs. Turns them over, releases them. Go do as you want. I'll still be here because I've always been here. I always will be here. I know how this ends. You go be you. 
And so the powers that be have gone and been themselves. And we are 300 trillion in debt. Yes, I know the official number is 31 trillion. But when you add to that the unfunded liabilities, that's money that we have promised to pay retirees and pensioners and welfare recipients and tech companies. 300 trillion. Our border is not only open, it's purposely opened. Our fuel supplies are not just limited, they're purposely limited, dangerously so. So what's the response? Well, we need a central bank digital currency. Well, but wait a minute, the the credit card is a digital currency. We need a per mile driven tax, but wait a minute, the gas tax is a per mile driven tax. We need a digital ID, but why? You already have our phones. You can track that. All of us are in some kind of database. For your convenience. No, thanks. Well, then it's not for your convenience. Emily Oster writes, In April 2020, with nothing else to do, my family took an enormous number of hikes. We all wore cloth masks that I made myself. We had a family hand signal which the person in front would use if someone was approaching on the trail and we needed to put on our masks. Once, when another child got too close to my then four-year-old son on a bridge, he yelled at her, social distancing! These precautions were totally misguided. In April 2020, no one got the coronavirus from passing someone else hiking. Outdoor transmission was vanishingly rare. Our cloth masks made out of old bandanas wouldn't have done anything anyway. But the thing is, we didn't know. Because you have been rendered blind. Because you're terrified. You live in terror. Now, I don't want to get completely theological on this because I'm not qualified to do that. I don't fear death. Not a bit. I used to be a necrophobiac. True story. I used to wake up at night realizing I would one day die. And what I would picture was just cold, black, nothing. And then realizing I won't even see that. And I would picture this timeline with all of eternity before me and all of eternity after me. And I would develop like heart palpitations and sweats and I would have to jump out of bed and shake my head and try to make the thought go away or, or read something or go on a walk or do something to make the thought go away. Be up for two or three hours with those fears because I now know where I'm going. I do not have that fear. Not even a bit. Now, it could be that people like this are so deathly afraid of death because they do believe it's just over or they have another sense. How is it possible that someone like Elvis Chan can convince himself that hiding truth from the American people is patriotic? How is it that Emily Chan expects us to come and say, well, I have a loved one. I have three loved ones who died from the COVID injections. 
I know thousands of people because I've watched their stories who are maimed and paralyzed and and could no longer have solid food. I know little kids who will no longer be able to play sports. I know of young men who've had heart attacks. I know of surgeons where 30% of their cases are young men, 18 to 35, whose hearts have been just demolished. Uh, I know hundreds of business owners who your policy snuffed because you didn't know. And here's the big question to Professor Emily Oster and to Elvis Chan. How did we know? How did we know there was something to the Biden, the Hunter Biden laptop story? How did we know? Because you were obsessed with hiding it. Because you're afraid. That's how we knew. We watched you. What converted me with President Donald Trump? Watching them. They were insane with terror about this guy. Why? It goes right back to that thing I've told you countless times about Washington, D.C. A guy who was an opposition strategist for the Republicans and a very good one said to me in a private setting, he said, here's the thing about the Clintons. I respect them because they get the joke. They get the joke. Obama, I don't, I don't get him at all. He doesn't get the joke. What he meant was that Hillary and Bill understand that in truth, the Democrats and Republicans are together playing the rubes. That's us, the rubes. Obama, he's really trying to flip the country. He's a true believer in leftism. He actually wants leftism. Why would that bother an opposition research guy? Well, when there's one party, there's no campaigns. When the left wins, there's no campaigns. He's out of work. He now works for the Democrats. He flipped. When Donald Trump came to town, he flipped. Now he helps Democrats get elected. Likewise, I had a Democrat strategist tell me, well, the thing is, the Bush family is fine with me. I like, I like the Bush family. They get the joke. But people like Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio, they don't get the joke. I think that Marco's begun to get the joke. I don't know that Ted Cruz gets the joke yet. Oh, by the way, the joke is us. For all the attempts to shut down speech, to cancel doctors like McCullough, for all of that, there's still the truth. And why would that be? Why would the truth still be there? Because the maker of truth will always be there. He's not going to hide it from all of us. The elites are right to be terrified. The Bible tells them you do not treat people this way. You do not lord your leadership position over others. You do not pick, you do not engage in favoritism. God abhors favoritism from people. You use honest weights and measures. They break that, they, that, that prohibition all day long. 
Thou shalt not lie. They do it on an enormous scale. Thou shalt not kill. They do it on an enormous scale. Thou shalt not steal. They do it on an industrial massive scale. Thou shalt not commit adultery. They're teaching kids to do it. God made man and woman, not in their eyes. They're going to remake that. In the, in the, in, people are made in the image of God, not in their eyes. They're going to remake that with their friends in Big Pharma. They are right to be terrified. And maybe that's it. See, the natural law exists within us. It is wrong to steal. You never need to hear that. And if someone steals from you, you know it's wrong. To hit someone weaker, just walk up and slap someone weaker. We all know that's wrong. It's the natural law. You know what isn't extinguished in the minds and souls of these people? You know what isn't gone? The signature of God Almighty who made them and filled them with the natural law. And what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And they can't get rid of it. Unless they're pure sociopaths, they can't get rid of it. And there are the Fauci's of the world. Pure sociopaths. Yeah, so the thesis of the show again today is the elites are utterly terrified. And so how do we win? Be thee not afraid. Let not thy heart be troubled. Be still and know that I am the Lord. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. I will be with you even until the end of the age. And this is me supposing. Okay, this is me interpreting this isn't biblical, but it's just me interpreting. And I think God's saying, remember when I took down the, the curtain in the temple? When you guys thought you'd killed my son for good? I'm taking down the temple curtain or on the temple of Washington, D.C. What do you see? I see people left to their own devices and absolutely terrified that we know. If you think that uh, current events need to be discussed in this forum, please do share the show with friends. Just use the share button on your podcast app. That's the way that we make the show thrive. And speaking of that, this is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind. And remember, we have no right to hang our heads in despair. We know how this all ends.